In this video, we're going to talk about multi-factor models to explain stock returns. In the last few lectures, we've been looking at the CAPM, and that's a single-factor model. The single factor is the stock market. In this video, we're going to examine multi-factor models that have been proposed to deal with the inadequacies of the CAPM. If you recall from the last lecture, Famer and French in 1992 found no evidence of a positive relation between beta and average returns. In other words, investors were not being rewarded for taking on market risk. In addition, they found that firm size and the ratio of book value to market value are strongly associated with average returns. Firm size was negatively related to future returns, while book-to-market ratios were positively related to future returns. Famer and French argue that actually these factors, size and book-to-market, they may proxy for some unobservable risk factors. And this prompted Famer and French to propose a multi-factor model that we know in the literature as the Famer-French three-factor model. And rather than use the simple CAPM, Famer and French extended it and added an additional two factors. The first factor they added is the returns on a portfolio called SMB. SMB stands for small minus big. And what they did with this risk factor was they constructed it by forming a portfolio of small stocks and then subtracting the returns from a portfolio of large stocks. That's why it stands for small minus big. So the returns on SMB are the returns from this portfolio, which is long, small stocks, and short, large stocks. The other factor that Famer and French added is called HML. And HML stands for high minus low. And this risk factor was constructed by calculating returns from high book-to-market equity stocks and subtracting the returns of low book-to-market equity stocks. Now we know that high book-to-market equity stocks are often called value stocks. They have a high book value relative to the market value, while low book-to-market stocks are often called growth stocks because they have very high market values relative to low book values. Effectively, this strategy is long value stocks and short growth stocks. These were the two factors that Famer and French proposed in 1993. And they said that these, adding these factors really does help explain stock returns. Specifically, Famer and French looked at those same 25 portfolios that they used when testing the CAPM. These were the portfolios sorted based on firm size and book-to-market equity. And when they tested the CAPM, if you recall, they were doing a time series test and they were testing whether the alpha was equal to zero or not. Based on the CAPM, the alpha should have been equal to zero for all of these 25 portfolios. And what we saw was that the alphas actually were significantly different from zero, particularly for firms with high book-to-market ratios, so for value firms. When they rerun those tests, but they use the three-factor model, not the CAPM, they find that the alphas, or the intercepts for the 25 portfolios, 
are not significantly different from zero. And this, they say, is evidence that the three-factor model is better than the CAPM and that it is able to explain the returns better than the CAPM. There are some problems, though, with adding extra factors to our asset pricing model. What, what do these factors proxy for? If these are unobservable risk factors, what, what are the unobservable risks? Are they macroeconomic risk factors? There's no evidence at the moment to suggest that SMB or HML are linked to macroeconomic risk factors. Farmer and French justify their model on empirical grounds. They say, well, look, it works across multiple time periods and across multiple countries. Therefore, it's a good model. Problem is, we, we just don't know why it works. And that's a big puzzle for, for the finance profession at the moment. And it's an active topic of research. We also have a four-factor model, known as the Carhart four-factor model. The Carhart four-factor model includes the same factors from the Fama French three-factor model. We have the market, we have SMB, we have HML. And what they add, what Carhart added, was this additional factor called momentum. We've talked briefly about momentum in this class already. This risk factor for momentum is constructed by calculating the returns of past winners and subtracting the returns of past losers. Past winners are stocks that have had high returns over the last 6 to 12 months, while the losers are the stocks that have had low or negative returns over the past 6 to 12 months. So we go long the past winners and we short the past losers. This is a short-run phenomenon. Typically, the momentum portfolio, you hold stocks for three to six months, certainly no longer than that. But when you use this risk factor, Carhartt argues that it helps to explain returns, not just on portfolios, but on mutual fund returns. And it's become really the industry standard now. Whenever we're assessing the performance of stocks or funds, people will always look at both the Fama French three-factor model and the Carhartt four-factor model, in addition, of course, to the CAPM. Again, we have the same problem, though, with this four-factor model. There is no economic justification for adding the momentum factor. Researchers are looking at the momentum factor and trying to work out whether there is some macroeconomic risk factor that it's picking up, but as of yet, there has been no research that provides any economic justification for adding this factor. The only reason for adding it is that empirically it seems to work. That's all I want to cover on multi-factor models. You've now seen the three-factor model, the four-factor model and the CAPM. Those are the three main models that people use in investment management. In the next class we're going to test both the three-factor model and the four-factor model in the same way that we tested the CAPM in the last class. See you in class.